welcome to another episode. So today we're talking about seminaries and how the church has been so substantially infiltrated. Um, it's, it's a sad fact to bemoan the current state of world affairs while realizing that salvation lies in Jesus Christ and yet the church is completely messed up, completely and profoundly messed up. Um, go back, reread your Bible, look what Jesus says about how destructive religion can be, how divisive religion can be. Not the way, not the truth, the life, but religion, dogma. And um, fairly recently, a friend told me, who's just full of the Holy Spirit, he said, you know, I'm thinking about becoming a pastor. And I said, oh, wow, that's tremendous. Um, first question I asked him is, is that what God told you? Did get God tell you to do that? Question number one, you know, because if you're thinking about being a pastor, as I had before myself, but if the Lord has not asked you to do that, it will end in disaster. It will never work out. It just won't. It won't work out. You've been cheated of your destiny um, when you make your own plans for your own life. You have to ask the Lord what he wants. If it was up to me, I'd be a farmer on a field um, raising a family. Um, that's it. <laughs> God has different plans for me. So the first question I asked him, he felt like maybe maybe he needs to dwell on that a little bit more. But then he said, so, you know, if you were to go be a pastor, what would you do? Well, he said, well, I, I'd have to go find a seminary and then I'd have to join a church, like a denomination, and then they would assign me to some church somewhere. And I said, wait a second, hang on. So the Lord wants you to go preach the gospel and you need to go to school for that? <laughs> do you think any of the apostles went to school to be a apostle? Do you think they went and did a, a, a bachelor's or a master's in theology and said, right now I'm, I'm licensed to go, licensed to go preach the word? This is another example about how the church has been infiltrated. I've thought this for a long time. I thought, how, how can there be such a contrast between the beauty of the Holy Spirit and the decay which is found in church today? Why does the church not measure up to the joy of, of who Jesus is? Well, it has been infiltrated the same way education has been infiltrated. Healthcare has been infiltrated. In fact, the uh, enemy went for, the, um, for religion first. It went for true spirituality first. Always target number one. Why? Because a true Christian filled with the Holy Spirit cannot be controlled. They no longer answer to government. In fact, there was a great quote from the Chinese Communist Party a few years ago in relation to um, the um, incredible surge of Christianity there, which no one even knows about, but Christianity surged like a virus, in um, the best possible virus, of course, but it surged like a virus in China, way more than coronavirus. The Chinese government tried hard to clamp this down. It was very, very hard for them, um, very hard. And one of the quotes from the party was, is that when someone becomes a Christian, they're no longer serve country first and then family. They serve God first, then family, then country. Wow. Wow. Very good quote. Very good quote. But the church today in China is not as strong as it used to be because denominationalism has entered in. And now these ideas, this, this crap that has entered in as superfluous dogma and the most negative a way to the Christian faith has now um, joined in and we have um, an absolute disaster, absolute disaster. You're no longer a Christian because you believe in this and you believe in that. Therefore, we can't even be friends. We can't share in that joy of being a one family under, under God. 
but going back to um, education, you know, it, the very idea that you need to go to an accredited school by the Department of Education, first of all, there's a major problem, to receive a two-year, I would call it brainwashing, some might call it education, in how to be a Christian or how to be a pastor. Amazingly, that needs two years somehow of preparation. To then go into a denomination, which one you pick, but it has to be an approved denomination. It has to be approved. Um, which, by the way, falls under a non-profit umbrella. Big problem there already, because now you've, you've created a system which was community organized and community run and volunteer based through the joy of the Holy Spirit for something that now requires to pay salaries, um, costs such as building costs, and requires a donation model to maintain operation. Flawed from the get-go. You robbed it of its power simply by defining it thus. Okay, so you pick your denomination, now you're assigned to a church, or you start your own church. That can happen too. But nevertheless, you're under that, that banner umbrella. Very few churches are non-denominational. Most are denominational. Baptist, Methodist, Catholic. They fall under a hierarchy, which is ascriptural. It's not supposed to be there. If you look into the work of the Episcopo and the Diaco um, in Scripture, it's very different than what's described. And it's really a support role. Like, for example, the deacon is the person in your local community when you have an issue, you call. Think of him like a community aid worker, but he's Christian and he's led by the Spirit. You have a dispute with your wife. Call the deacon over. Invite him over. He can help you get through this issue using Scripture as the guide. No need to call the cops. <laughs> call your local deacon. That's the model in, in, um, in, I believe it's Ephesians. Anyway, so... And then you begin life as a pastor, which is somehow a one day, uh, um, one day a week thing. Now, I don't know if any pastors listen to this. <laughs> we have millions of people listening to these podcasts, um, all these rants, I should say. No podcasts. Um, but these jobs, I mean, I've been always quite suspicious of these pastors who say they work 40 hours a week. Really? You work 40 hours a week? What sort of work is this? Is it spirit led? Is it administration? <laughs> what is it? Because it seems to me that they turn up on Sunday, they say a speech and they go home and they get paid their life's not for the money. I've done some some casual investigating into what these people do and how their money's spent. Some of these people make very good livings from running a church. You'd be very surprised. And they pay themselves very nicely. Even a small, charismatic, you know, churches of 20, 30, 40 people. Cube small, you'd say, well... You'd be surprised how many bills you, you can pay for your family for multiple people with a church like that. It's shocking. Anyway, but this is the model of church. Now, to go back to seminary, why I think seminary is a disaster. I've looked at some of these seminary textbooks. They have overcomplicated the simple message of the gospel to such a degree that <laughs> I, you will read this and say, I have no idea what is going on. They've... They've applied, I mean, they need to open their Bible and read with Paul because when you apply logic and when you apply that type of reasoning to scripture, you just obfuscate things. You confuse things to such a, such a high degree. I've opened these textbooks and, you know, I'd like to, to think I have an okay understanding of the word. I have translated the book. I spent a lot of time in the word. I know it fairly well, enough to have a compass to say that's right or wrong. I want to know it more, of course. You're never done learning scripture. But, you know, I open one of these textbooks and it's like, I have no idea what they are talking about. 
I have no idea what this is all about. They have just pulled things they should not have pulled from and come to conclusions which they should not have come to. And this is what people are brainwashed with for two years. Now, again, you're in an accredited, a, a state accredited school that requires money to operate, scholarships, whatnot. To send people through a indoctrination academy where, uh, where is the Holy Spirit in these seminaries? I would love to know. I would love to know. I don't see it in the curriculum. <laughs> I don't see it. I see cold, logical preaching and learning how to preach. Since when does any Christian learn how to preach? Any true Christian, you rely on the Holy Spirit to teach you what you need to know. And the Spirit will do the talking. This is so scriptural. It says it right there in Acts. If, and Jesus says it too. If any of you, you know, are put on the stand, as you will be, for what you believe in, just um, allow the Spirit to talk through you and everything will be okay. So we have this um, institutionalization of learning um, good people, some of them, you know, it's quite sad, really. I, I, every pastor I, I meet, I try and ask them, so when did you, when did you receive the Holy Spirit? The answers are shocking. I ask them too, what, why did you become a priest or whatever? The answers are absolutely shocking. Shocking. Their answers vary from, I didn't know what else to do, or I met a priest once that I liked and thought I could do that job. One told me that I didn't know how else to make money. And I needed a job, so I became a priest. Excuse me, you're supposed to be a vicar of people's souls, and you don't have a good reason for being a priest or a vicar or whatever. Those roles, by the way, are useless. And you find, too, for those who are believers, that you go to church and the the person preaching knows less about the Bible than really, I mean, <laughs> really than they should to be in that role. It's not lived faith. You wonder how many how many priests, pastors, whatever, actually have the Holy Spirit because there is such a dry formalism and such a lack of energy and such sin-filled lives. Some of the better Christian speakers, like you have people like Rabbi Zacharias, I'm sorry, he always left me cold. He, his approach to the gospel was all wrong. He came out, came out recently and he had a substantial problem with massage parlors and he was cheating on his wife and he's not the only one. You've got a lot of pastors who are living sinful, immoral lives. I don't wonder what is going on here. The devil has infiltrated the church. You look at the history of people like Sigmund Freud, who was abused as a kid, and some of the things he said about pedophilia were just absolutely vulgar. Um, his nephew, Bernays, who's the founder of American propaganda, you look at some of the tactics employed in early America for propaganda, and you'll be shocked to see that a lot of it still applies to the mega churches today. I mean, how can anyone set up a mega church? like that and not do the work of the poor that's required of us in scripture you have a great model about the ecclesia and i think it's about acts 11 i'm not sure my number it could be that could be right well when they talk about the early ministries of um the church and they do it's incredible it's incredible you look at the early protestant reformations and you have places where people like calvin went to who they set up um, schools, they set up soup kitchens, and then the local authorities were amazed. They said, how they, they treat even the, the people who are not Christian. And there was no homelessness wherever the Christians went. They took care of it all. And it was then the Catholics who wanted him taken out because he wasn't following what he was supposed to be doing according to Catholic doctrine. And he got killed. A lot of people did. 
you go and look at these churches and think, is it any wonder Christians are confused when people are trying to have a relationship with God and they don't know how to have it? There's no encounter of the Holy Spirit there. There's no Holy Spirit leadership. And those who think they have the Holy Spirit mistake it for positive thinking or a happy outlook in life. Or they treat God as their own personal God to, to listen to the dictates of their selfish hearts. That's not God. People tell me, oh, well, I believe in God. I, believe, I see him in nature. No, you don't see God in nature. That's pantheism. That's not the God of the Bible. God created nature, sure, but you don't see God in... God is not nature. <laughs> Some people say, well, man is fundamentally good and just makes mistakes. I used to think that way too. It's not what scripture says, and scripture's right. Man does not have redeeming qualities. It is the result of Christianity today in the world, faith that has allowed people, some people to develop good qualities, sure, but left to their own devices, we become selfish, they become rude, they become bigoted, very selfish, and it's all out for yourselves. A lot of Christians are that way too. I see a lot of fear with people who purport to be Christians. Why are you fearful? If you're living your faith, your faith is strong. Why on earth would you be fearful? God is with you. And the answer is so few people have actually received the Holy Spirit. The true numbers are staggering. You know when someone's been changed by the Holy Spirit. You know it. They do more than a 180. <laughs> they completely transform. They completely transform. I transformed. My wife transformed. Some of my closest friends in the world, they transformed. Doesn't mean that life's not, easy, not a struggle. Sometimes it is. But those struggles come from us resisting God. Not from God resisting us. We have full access through the, through the blood of Yeshua. Yes, son. But going back to seminaries, going back to churches, I don't go to church. I wish I could find a church that I could really go to. I've tried many a time. Pastors, preachers, they don't know the gospel. It leaves me cold. There's no spirit there. There's no true teaching there. Nothing like what's close in scripture. Nothing. Not to say that I have the answers. I don't. Scripture does. Jesus does. The number of pastors who have not read their Bible is absolutely astonishing. They don't know it. Even some of the most charismatic ones don't know it. It's shameful what's happened to Christianity. It's it's a real shame. And it's it's the targeted now of so, so much um, vitriol, um, targeted vitriol in the world, because Christianity is a threat. Islam is not in the same position as Christianity, nor is Judaism, nor is Hinduism. They aren't the threats that Christianity is, because the Holy Spirit is real. When the Holy Spirit enters your life, you become transformed. Absolutely transformed. So what will happen with the church? Well, we've seen right now with the coronavirus lockdown how many churches follow the dictates of their hierarchies, which can get them fired if they don't toe the line, all based on the Roman Catholic model and heretical, terrible systems. Instead of people being dispatched by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel, you have denominations and you have formalism and you have dogma and you have fear and you have money. Money is just really wrecked the system it's wrecked it is really now being a pastor a way to make money 
What is going on there? Now, it's not to say all churches. It's not to say all churches. I haven't been to all churches. I've been to a lot of churches. A lot of churches. All have fallen short of this model. Only, only a small number of non-denominational churches that have really felt the call of the Holy Spirit and gone to set up ministry really is, is, is where it's at right now. Everything else has been wrecked. You have now churches accepting gay marriage. They have not even opened their Bible. Clearly contradiction, contradiction of Jesus' teachings. He says marriage is for a man and a woman. Period. Period. That's it. Other people who are not men and women, this, this institution is simply not for them. Don't feel like you need to get married. What is this push for people to get married? Ends in divorce anyway. Why are churches flocking to say, oh, it's okay, we'll bless the same-sex union? Look, if you're gay and listening to this, that is not for you. There's a different life for you. Paul asked us to be in a different life. If you have same-sex inclinations, I did once. I thought I was gay. I lost it after men. I realized I had issues with my father that I had not resolved. No coincidence, a lot of gay relationships are between someone who's quite older and quite younger, mirroring father-son dynamics. But I had issues with my dad. Once I resolved those issues internally with the help of the Holy Spirit, those desires vanished so quickly, so quickly. I really thought I was gay for, for quite a few years. In college, I, the place I would go study is the LGBT center. <laughs> I felt accepted there as a gay man. Strange seems odd to say that now. There's another thing is uh, the whole thing about um, therapy to help people who are homosexual. It's a whole other issue, but hey, if we got the gloves off and we're talking realistically about this, look, God loves everybody. Every sinner God loves. He does not love the sin. If you look at it from a, bio a biological perspective, they say about 1% of, of animal populations are gay. Now, I don't think that's true, but let's suppose it is. Why are now almost 20% of people identifying as LGBT? You say, oh, well, there's a spectrum. Well, look who mentored that spectrum, McKinsey, who had significant problems with pedophilia. And Freud, who also had significant problems with pedophilia. It, it all links to that. Now, I'm not saying that all gay people are that way. I'm not saying that gay people cannot fall in love. I think you can have deep friendships. I think you can have friendships sometimes that transcend those traditional, um, stereotypical friendships between um, two men or two women. Absolutely, I feel that way about some of my friends. I feel a great intimacy. Do I want to sleep with them? No. <laughs> no, I don't. But to be open to the idea that, hey, so yeah, you might you might be biologically gay if there is such a thing. I don't know. You may be biologically gay, but have you considered that some of these issues may stem from the fact that you were felt abandoned by your father or any such number of reasons? Could it be possible that some of what you feel may come from that? The same thing goes for being transgender. Is it possible that you're living through these societal standards which are false and artificial and you feel like you have to change yourself to meet them <clears throat> when in fact you are a whole perfect creation just as you are? And if you feel like um, you're more effeminate than other boys, okay. That's not an issue, but are you sure you want to change your gender completely? Do you really, do, will that solve the issues um, in your heart right now? Scripture has answers to these things. 
Are these answers being taught in the church? I don't think so. And the difficult questions are being shied away from. Why are so many purported Christians getting the vaccine? I don't know. That's something to ask them. Are they fear-based or love-based? Do they really follow the commandments of Christ? Because I know for my friends who have the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit sounding our big warning bells about this vaccine. Now, again, this is my opinion. But think about it. Am I right? I don't know. Judge for yourself. If it's useful, use it. If not, throw it out. But I'm just reminding people, go back to Scripture. That brings back to the issue of seminaries. Religion is one of these giant hurdles that stands in the way when you become a Christian. I was talking with my wife about this yesterday. Giant hurdle. Absolutely. Because once you've received the Holy Spirit, you then want to find the answers. You want to maintain that journey. But because so few pastors have actually received the Holy Spirit, because so many churches, they don't know what it is. But, oh my, we saw a documentary on Amazon Prime the other day, and it purported to talk about four believers' experience with God. This was the most pathetic thing I've ever heard. There were no stories of the Spirit, no stories about how people were saved, lukewarm, lackluster, and it kind of fell flat. I think it was done by design to rubbish who the Holy Spirit is. This is the world's greatest threat to the status quo of the Holy Spirit. If you've received it, you know. And if you've received it and then don't feel like you're as strong with God as you used to be, get back to being strong with God like you used to be. Get back to it. But in the church, you go to church and they confuse you with dogma they don't have the support that you need a lot of these people they don't live sin free lives they're not walking the way the way is extremely narrow extremely narrow if you if you're living with sin you're not walking on the path if you don't have a clean conscience you're not walking on the path if you're not if you are not in a point of surrendering to god or you are Letting go of things like pride and ego. Letting go of self. Allowing self to die so Christ can reign supreme. If you're not doing those things, you're not on the way. So many are not on the way. Being a Christian helps them feel better about the world we live in. It helps them to have a belief system. Someone to tell them what to do. Very childlike in some ways. But if you go to church after you're a Christian... Odds are, or you go to another, another form of institution, whether that be schooling, which <laughs> more than guaranteed will get it out of you, get, get that religion out of you, your faith. But uh, the churches are likely to lead you astray. I know, I'm talking from experience. I received the Holy Spirit 21, and I, I struggled. I received this enormous, incredible joy. Tried to find the pathway to be on. Didn't understand the Bible, not really. Didn't understand what to do next. No one seemed to have the answers. Church didn't seem to have the answers. I tried every church there was. I was with a monk for a while. I thought about going to seminary. I was actively getting involved with going to seminary. I didn't know I was willing to, was I willing to surrender, be, um, giving up um, having children or to become a priest. I was looking into that. Every denomination I tried, every single one. None gave me the answers I was seeking. Where were the answers? They were in the Bible in that personal walk of faith and when I started to take that seriously and to have a relationship with God and it's all found in the book of Matthew it says it all that's the place to start book of Matthew but when I, I read slowly Jesus' words and really internalized them and prayed the Lord came to me in such a more substantial way and continues to and continues to mold me and move me 
That's what the, the way is about. It's not found in church. And it's so frustrating to meet other Christians. And I've, I'm more distrustful of people who say they're Christians than people who are not. And I'm Christian. Because I know how the enemy has subverted Christianity. From the symbolism, to the services, to translations of the Bible. No coincidence, the big name publishers of the Bibles, they also, they also publish the Satanic Bible. Do you really think these guys are Christian want to make money? They're owned by big publishing wings, like Zondervan, owned by HarperCollins. Disgusting. They, they are interested in tripping you up more than saving you. Yeah, the Bible is a best-selling book, but how many, how many people know how to read it? How many people know have received the Holy Spirit enough to make this their, the sum total of their lives? How many Christians even read the Bible? You know, so much of education, too, was designed to pe stop people reading. Why? They don't want people reading the Bible. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? You do not understand the spiritual war that's going on right now for people's souls. It is literally Satan versus God right now. And the world is, the world is worshipping Satan. Satan with all his greed, the money, the riches, the fame. It's, it's, it's open now. It's, it's in the open. People like rappers now are having videos with Satan and making Nike Satan shoes. You saw that. You've all these celebrities in the, the Masons, the Illuminati, with all this satanic symbolism. Reports of child sacrifice with the Hollywood elite. It's disgusting. But this is the reality we live in. This has always been a war between God and Satan. Both are contending for your heart. The Lord wants you to know him and to love him, because to know him is to love him. Satan wants your soul and he wants you dead. He wants you animalistic. Hell is hell or heaven is what we make of this earth. Really. If we have the Holy Spirit within us, we are in a, a place of heaven. <laughs> we still may live in hell at times. But I'll maybe have one foot in heaven. But if you worship Satan and all his empty promises and deceit, the way he tries and trip you up, tries to take an inch any way he can. Lust is a big one. Lust really takes a lot of people over, even some of the, the, the purported mightiest of Christians. <clears throat> and then within Satan's church, and he's taken over many elements of the Christian church today, the only ones that are left are pretty much non-denominational. The rest are so... The rest... How many really... Do you really think they have the Holy Spirit? When you meet someone with the Holy Spirit, they're on fire for the Lord. Some, so many of these pastors are dead. These churches are dead. They're buildings. But Satan controls them. Satan controls a lot of the... There's a lot of Satanist pastors out there. Joel Osteen, Joyce Meyer, T.D. Jakes, people like Kanye West were too. Satanists. Some of the quotes these guys have said are unbelievable. It's not Christianity they're preaching. Not at all. It's heresy. And because Satan controls these churches, he also and controls all media, all forms of entertainment, all forms of fame and glory, he can give you the riches of this world because he controls them all. So if he wants the next T.G. Jakes or Joyce Meyer or Joel Austin, he can elevate them. And those people who are willing to sacrifice their souls for fame and glory will. And they do. And so you hear of these big names, preachers, but do they actually have the joy of the Holy Spirit within them? I think not. Did Rabbi Zacharias ever have the Holy Spirit within him? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not from the way he's um, talked. 
not from his sermons, not from his ministries, not from the way he's um, gallivanted around the world on non-profit money, going to brothels and problems like that. I mean, many people have issues like that. You can repent. You can find absolution in the Holy Spirit. You know? It requires doing it once and then saying never again. And look, if these things happen, mistakes happen. If it happened one time, okay. Did you did you repent for it? Yes, okay. But when it's happened repeatedly over many, 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 many years, it's a problem. There was a guy, a Hillsong pastor, who um, had a very big song saying about how he cured God cured his cancer. He made the entire thing up. He never had cancer. This guy was even gallant strutting out on stage with a little oxygen oxygen tube on his nose. Like here he is. Guy made it up. The guy was using the money that came to fund his porn problem. He had a porn addiction. Unbelievable. Do these people follow the Lord? People are clueless. They're failed entrepreneurs. They don't know how to make money, so they become a pastor. That's the reality of it. That is the reality of it. Big time. It's a shame what's happened to the church today. The church shouldn't be like this. The church should be a welcoming, inclusive community. That should be our social safety blanket. America was built on Christianity. It's a Christian nation. Our church is our safety blanket. We give to them and they give to the poor. We don't need big government telling us what to do or holding back money or giving us money and then say, actually, we want it back. That's not what we need. We need God back in our lives, not out of our lives. We don't replace um, government with God. We can't do that. Disaster happens as a result. Disaster. If you're thinking about going to seminary, don't. Seriously. <laughs> you're going to trip up your faith. You're going to trip up your walk. And it's just... Jesus didn't create seminaries for a reason. This is, this is institutionalization. This is institutionalization. And I've never met someone who... You know, I've met pastors who have gone to seminary and know their stuff now. My friend Aaron, he's just he's one of them. He knows his stuff. He's very well versed in the Lord, a good guy. I'm not saying that all people who go to seminary turn out bad, but you're when you've been indoctrinated for two years and have to pass exams based on your knowledge of this made-up Bible that they have you learning, this dogma, and then joining a hierarchy, and then getting paid from that hierarchy to do work. I looked into being, you know, an Episcopalian priest. And you know they get paid $120,000 a year? Not all parishes. Some parishes. It's a lot of money. So wait a second. I have to go to seminary for how long? And I work how many days a week? And I get paid how much? You see how it goes? It's looking attractive, right? You only have to turn up for work one day a week and you get paid $100,000. Sometimes more. You'd be surprised how much people donate to churches. When they lay it down and they use scripture manipulatively and they say, the Lord said if you give generously to Israel or whatever, you'll receive a great blessing. They pull things out of context and you say, wow, maybe I, sh I maybe my love for the Lord is conditional about how much money I'm giving. Look at, oh, they use the widow's mite story. Maybe I should give all I have to the church. Church people, they turn around, they spend it on fancy cars. Look at Bethel, another heretical church. They're both the past, they, they preach prosperity. They both drive fancy cars. One's like a $250,000 car. As a Christian, particularly a Christian pastor, 
You cannot have that type of life. It is denied to you. It's called self-denial. You are not in the life of Ferraris and nice cars and those type of fancy homes. That's not your life. If you're truly living your faith, you live a humble, quiet life in service to God, not in pursuit of money. You see how the, the enemy has come into the church and ruined things? Seeks to destroy, always. Use the gift of discernment. Read the Bible. That's the first recourse. Immerse yourself in the Bible and ask the Lord for your purpose. If you've received the Holy Spirit already, ask the Lord for your purpose. He will give it to you. He will give it to you. He gave me in the terms of a very powerful vision, a challenge and a vision. Mm-hmm. Now I know my purpose and it's powerful. You can know your purpose too. Such an incredible thing for a man to receive his purpose. Women too, but particularly for men. That's everything. Absolutely everything. And if you want to grow in your faith with the Lord, read your Bible and pray. You know, it's nice hearing a a sermon from a a pastor, but honestly, you are safe in never hearing a single word from a pastor and reading your Bible than you are entertaining, oh, this one's okay, or this one's okay. No, forget them all. Open your Bible. Learn what the Word says, and then with the gift of discernment, then jump into trying to find a church you can. I'm not saying don't find a church. There are some great churches out there. They are far and few between now. Far and few between. And don't let that collar fool you because a lot of pastors and priests have no clue what they're talking about. No clue. Absolutely no clue. Open your Bible. Get versed in what Scripture tells you. That every answer to everything in life is in there. Everything. Anything you could possibly want to know about yourself is found in your relationship with you and God and Scripture. Have a fantastic day. (laughs) Ramp it up. I'll get off my soapbox now.